0: Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. Uh, my name is Aaron Avery, and with me, as always, every time we do this, Donatus Carroll. How are we doing?
1: Aaron, my man, I'm doing great, dude. We are in week, uh, what is this, one or two of sheltering in place. Got the disappointing news last Wednesday that Georgia is still sheltered in place through the end of the month. So uh send some prayers our way. Uh But other than that, man, I'm good. I uh, haven't lost my mind yet. So how are you, man? <laughs> I
0: am here. I am alive. I am okay. <laughs> I get to <laughs> celebrate my 28th birthday. It's sheltered in place. Next Wednesday, it's going to be a blast. 28th. <laughs> Can't wait to shelter yeah. in place. Um, been, been binging some uh, I thought I'd text you about it this morning some Ozark um, really good show I, I I started watching it when it came out like three years ago I watched all of season one and then never watched another season so I watched all of season one again yesterday and now I started nice. season two uh, so you know doing big things <laughs> um, this is for our listeners week Three in our final week of the mock draft, we will round out uh, the first round today, which is picks 22 through 32. If you've been following along with us, you know that I have been doing the even picks. Donatus has been doing the odd picks based off of a coin flip. I know last week I recapped our top 10. Uh, not going to recap our top 21 this week. If you want to hear about those, and our analysis is, please go back and listen to our Last two weeks, make sure you share this, you know, friends, family, anyone you want to send it to that may want to listen or have some kind of interest, uh, follow us on Facebook. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, uh, some kind of review, anything you would like to write, hopefully good. Uh, all right, um, before we begin. I want to kind of—I know we're going to talk next week about like some big major things that may happen in the draft. I thought about holding this off, but I started thinking about it yesterday, and I got really excited. What are your thoughts on like the upcoming like digital draft? Are you excited about that?
1: Yeah, so uh, I've I've got mixed results, mixed feelings on it. I'm um, I'm excited to see how it goes, but. I guess I've just, I mean, which it doesn't really make a difference to me. I've never been to the draft. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Really watching it from TV anyways, but I, I think it's just, uh, I was thinking today, I feel, I feel sorry for for those draft picks because you only get drafted once. Um, and it's a special, you know, being able to go and, uh, you know, the past few years it's been in Nashville, um, telling me to go and hang out with your, your friends and, being able to walk on stage and everything like that. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes, you know, with everybody doing it from their houses. Um, I think, I think it's going to look really interesting and really good. And I wouldn't be surprised if this goes well. Um, and there's not too much of like a financial fallout or whatever if the NFL didn't start maybe doing this more. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to really see how it goes. I know I was uh, watching Thomas Dimitrov on NFL live and he was kind of taking them through his setup. So um, it looks it looks like it's going to be pretty good, man. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling about it?
0: You know what? I, I was excited, and then you talked about all the college players not being able to experience this moment. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited about it. Like, I, I'm very – I'm actually – like, I've always been inter- or excited about the draft. I love watching yeah. the first round. I'll watch day two here and there, and then yeah. – the last day, I don't really watch because I don't know any of the names. But <laughs> going to be honest there. But um, I'm kind of I'm really intrigued to see how ESPN and how everyone else who does show the draft spins this and how it's going to look on right. TV since everyone's going to be quarantined. Like, are they going to yeah. go on a giant Zoom call? I know that Goodell is going to be like in his basement uh, yeah. announcing the picks. Like, how, how do they get them to him? Are they just going to text Goodell personally and say? I want this person and then he announces it. Uh, I I know they have a setup, but right. I don't know how that setup's going to be. So I'm very intrigued to see what that's like. I read somewhere that I think it was like John Harbaugh or somebody was like, "But what happens when they try and hack into our uh into our draft room through Zoom?" And somebody uh-huh. was like, "Be quiet, Harbaugh, sit down." No one's right. that. <laughs> no one yeah, no one wants to sit that. in your war room. <laughs> it's like of course Harbaugh of all people, and they were like, "Sit down, Harbaugh. Go, go, right. go, play in a corner." Um, I also saw that I liked how they um, they kind of tried to level the playing field. I saw that in that same article, I read that uh, the Saints um, were going to all meet, or their their draft personnel, whatever, we're going to meet at a brewery. And, yeah. and pick together, because in Louisiana, you could still be in a group of 10 or less, and I guess they only had 10 yeah. individuals. Um, yeah. and then the NFL shot it down. Uh, <laughs> they said, they said, it, uh, something, they of trying to make it, it equal, they don't care what the state bylaws are. You need to, you need to draft remotely, uh, via online to make sure it's, um, I guess for, for it being, um, equal wise, like, if your state allows you to get together, yeah. but then another state says, no, you got to stay at home, it kind of, I guess the equality or whatever of it does step in the way. But I was like, all right, then NFL, way to stick it to the Saints of all teams. you got to look out yeah. and stick it to the Patriots here. They're over here cheating <laughs>
1: always, so <laughs> – and people wonder why the NFL is called the no fun league. It's because of reasons <laughs> like that. Adam Silver would the NBA would have been like, Yeah, sure, do whatever you want. Buy me a beer too while you're at it, you know? <laughs> Let's get Not everyone. Nice <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Golly.
0: But yeah, no, I'm 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 really excited to see how they spin it. Um I think I think it'd be really cool. Um it also has, you know, the potential to bomb and have a whole bunch of technical issues of Right. Like, I, what happens if, like, a team has technical issues and they run out of time? So I guess we'll see when all that happens. Yeah. They're they're going to feel like teachers teaching when technology goes out. They're going to be like, um, <laughs> um, don't
1: know
0: what to do now. <laughs> what do we do now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry, y'all didn't
0: come here yeah. for for that conversation. I, just, I, I, I was thinking about it, got excited, like, it's going to be really cool next Thursday to see what they do. Yeah. Um, so that is our, our one of potentially two impromptu, not planned discussions happening today. We will dive back into the first round. I'll pick up with pick number 22, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. This is one of two picks today for the Vikings. Um, I think the Vikings go one of either way. I know you pick for them later on in the 25th pick. I think they really need wide receivers because they, you know, sent digs away. Um, but I also feel like they also need um, – they need wide receivers because they sent digs away, but they also need some cornerbacks. Um, but with the 22nd pick, this is mainly because we have exhausted a lot of the wide receivers, and I feel like they're going to want to jump on one before <laughs> – all the big ones are gone. Um, the, the big, big ones already are gone, but I think another big name out there that could fit well in Minnesota. I, I bounced between two of them. I decided to go with, naturally, the taller one, uh, also the quicker one. With the 22nd pick in the NFL draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU. Um, I think they need a a great replacement for Stefan Diggs. They need someone who's going to be able to help Thielen thrive. Um, As much as I like Thielen, I don't think he's a number one. Um, I also don't believe he is going to be as successful without a great counterpart. Uh, I said the same exact thing going into last season with Juju Smith-Schuster. I did not believe that Juju for the Patriots, not the Patriots, the Steelers, was a number one. And when A.B. left, I was like, Juju's going to take a shot. And he did. His productivity went down. It didn't help that, you know, he had uh, fifth-string quarterbacks throwing him the ball. Um, but his productivity went down. So I think in order for Thielen to stay up, they need a a nice big-time receiver, Justin Jefferson caught 111 passes last season, had 18 touchdown catches. And not to mention, this this is what blew my mind. Um, and this is what made me realize who Justin Jefferson was when he caught those four touchdowns uh, in the first round of the college playoffs. Um, I mean, he lit it up. He's a good route runner. He, he can make great hard catches. Um, but not only that, he is a receiver who can block. Um, I think that that is going to help the Vikings mightily, not just having a guy that can go down the field and catch any pass, not just a guy with decent speed as he runs a, I think he said a four four three is what he ran, um, but someone who can block when Dalvin Cook takes it to the outside. Um, receivers that can block and catch are no doubt, receivers that you need on your team so for that matter they address the wide receiver position they replace stefan Diggs. they take justin jefferson with the 22nd pick Scott.
1: yeah that's a that's a really good pick um if you didn't if you didn't take justin jefferson there i was going to take him at number 25 um and you know i I've heard a lot of different things about Justin Jefferson as far as I, I think he's going to end up going between, you know, the 15 to probably this 22 um range. And, you know, um in our draft, he was passed by, by a good many receivers. Um, obviously, you know, like I, I drafted the T Higgins with the Eagles instead of Justin Jefferson. Um, something that continuously comes up about Justin Jefferson, man, is how well of a route runner that he is. And you touched on that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, He's a great route runner. Adam Thielen's a great route runner. Um, I think, and I guess we'll have to see, but I think that um, Justin Jefferson could end up being an upgrade from Stephon Diggs. Um, They're similar players. I think Justin Jefferson's probably a little bit taller. Um, But I, I think that Justin Jefferson probably has better hands than Stephon Diggs. Did, um, Stefan Diggs was a, a fifth round pick. Obviously Justin Jefferson is, is going to be a first. That's the worst, a second round pick. Um, and I think he's going to complement Adam Thielen well. He's a versatile player, which means he can play inside or outside. And I know they like to move Thielen around as well. Um, so giving them two wide receivers that they can move around on the inside and the outside, um, and pairing them with whoever that third wide receiver Ends up being, um, I think, is going to allow the Vikings to kind of do um, a lot more things. So, um, and then obviously, like you tu- like you talked about, you touched on. Um, obviously, the Vikings are a run-first offense, and so everything goes through Davin Cook. So, Justin Jefferson being able to block as well as he does um, is definitely going to help um, help them be successful. So, I think that's a really good pick. He's a, he's a really good player for them. Um, so yeah, Justin Jefferson's there at, at pick number twenty-two. That's a that's a steal for them, and I I think Kirk Cousins should be happy getting a getting a such a polished uh route runner. So yeah, that was a great pick.
0: Oh, thank you. Oh, I take it. <laughs> All <laughs> right, the twenty third pick of the NFL Draft, New England Patriots. Who are they taking, Donovan?
1: All right, with a twenty third pick in the uh twenty twenty NFL Draft. The New England Patriots are on the board um, in a couple of different directions that the Patriots could have gone, would have gone, probably wanted to go. Um, Obviously, a lot of people are talking about them taking a quarterback. A lot of people are talking about them taking a receiver. Um, I was looking at their roster um, yesterday, and – I noticed that um for the first time in like a really long time, when you look at the Patriots defense, they don't have a lot of names that stick out to you on the defensive line and at linebacker. Obviously there's Dante Hightower, but that's really good. As far as secondary goes, they've still got a really good secondary with uh the McCourty t- twins and then um Patrick Chung as well. So, With this pick, the Patriots are going to surprise everybody, and they're not going to reach for a quarterback, but they're going to go to the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to draft a linebacker. Um, I was going back and forth between two linebackers, but I think I've settled on Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. (laughs) And judging by that result, I think I just messed Aaron up. (laughs) Oh well, I had look, I had just typed
0: him in as my next pick for New Orleans on my document, just waiting for you to talk about the Patriots, and here I am deleting it and moving it up. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so, um, I went back and forth between Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen out of LSU. Um, they're both. So they're both fast linebackers. They both run a four or five. Um, which I think in today's NFL you've gotta have linebackers that are able to run side to side. Patrick Queen is a better coverage running back, but uh, linebacker, but the reason that I picked Kenneth Murray um over Patrick Queen was a couple of different reasons. Kenneth Murray's six three and two hundred and forty pounds, whereas Patrick Queen is like six foot, maybe six one. Um and 230 pounds, so um, Kenneth Murray gives them greater size, um, but also Kenneth Murray's a three-year starter, whereas Patrick Queen just started this past year mainly. Um, So Kenneth Murray had 335 tackles over his career, which is about, you know, right over 100 tackles a season, um, which is really impressive. He played for Oklahoma, um, which Oklahoma obviously is not known for their defense, but i think that even still if you were to look at oklahoma if even if you didn't know his name um, if you were to look at oklahoma over the past 3 years you would be able to pick out kenneth murray who was their linebacker um, and i think the patriots the patriots are going to need somebody who um, is a smart who's smart who's fast um, who can cover decently well um Again, he's 6'3 and 230 pounds, and he runs a 4.5. Four so he's going to be quick enough to uh, to get there. And I think they can also kind of move him around like the Patriots like to do. Um, but also with Dante Hightower getting, um, getting older, I think that Kenneth Murray gives him the opportunity to kind of become the face um, of the Patriots. If you look at the Patriots, so many times that they've been successful, it's because they've had really good linebackers going all the way back to – Mike Vrabel and Teddy Bruschi, um, and and some of those people. So um, I think Kenneth Murray is going to be a uh, Bill Belichick type player. Um, so I think he's going to be plug and play here at at number twenty three, um, and allow the Patriots to do some uh some things that they really need to do. So I just I don't think it makes sense for them to to reach for a quarterback at this level. And as far as like receivers go. Um, this is a really deep wide receiver draft class, so they can get a wide receiver later on, but their receiving core to me is, is pretty decent. They just need to get production out of um the kill carry and Mohammed Sanu, So I think they have to go defensive defense here. Um if Jordan Love is not available in real life, I think they have to go defense here and, and Kenneth Murray would would fit there. So any thoughts? <laughs> Well, uh, nope. okay, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I think it's a good pick. I was going to take him for all the reasons that you took him um, in New England. I think he's going to be a solid, aggressive, physical linebacker. Uh, one thing I liked about him as the Wilds was going to take him next was the fact that he was a three-year starter, had like over 300-something tackles, um, yeah. played at Oklahoma, so played on very productive Oklahoma teams. Um I think Kenneth Murray is a solid pick there. Um, hopefully that – I don't know why I'm saying hopefully. Like, I actually care about the Saints. Um, <laughs> but hopefully New England will go quarterback with uh, Jordan Love in that pick. But as you all may remember, I was forced to take Jordan Love with the 18th overall pick with Miami. But
1: all right. we're not here to talk Yay. about that. <laughs> 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 um. You're never gonna Ooh. let me live
0: that one down. No way, not with uh, <laughs> not with the way that you were.
1: uh <laughs> ah, Moving on. All right.
0: <laughs> so for the Saints, well, actually, I saw another draft mock draft that had the the um, Miami Dolphins like not taking a quarterback at all in the first round. It was crazy. We, I ignore all
1: those. Yeah, I'm like I, I I ignore all
0: those because. Um, Miami needs a quarterback, let's be real. And they're not going to be bad enough to have to, to be able to take any of the top two next year. But sure. off topic, New Orleans Saints with the 24th pick. The way I see it and the way I saw it, the Saints, uh, they have a few needs, but I think their biggest need, and I'm going to stick with this, um, I don't know if they would in real life, but as linebacker, looking at the linebacker core, they have, uh, Demario Davis, who is a, a great linebacker. Um, he's an outside linebacker. They have Alex Anzalone. I don't know who that is. He, he's one of their outside <laughs> backers. So I'm, I'm, I'm keying in on this middle linebacker territory. Um, they have Kiko Alonzo, who has had three torn ACLs. And then his backup is Craig, uh, Roberson, who once upon a time played for the Browns. He's a solid player, but he's not the guy that I think you're going to want to lean on. So with this, I think they're going to try and get younger at linebacker. Um, they've been kind of youngening up, if that could be a word, the defense for, for quite some time. They've added some great pieces. I think with the addition of um, Tom Brady to the division, they're going to have to really stock up the defense to, to be able to stop him and then if the yeah. Falcons can do anything so they can continue to win uh, the NFC South. They have a, a really yeah. solid uh, line. Uh, their just major glaring weakness, I think, is linebacker. And then I guess due to that, I've, I've begun to rationalize through why this linebacker would be more perfect for New Orleans. I think they would love a thumper uh, like Kenneth Murray. But I think in this case, if he falls here, New Orleans Saints will take Patrick Queen, yeah, linebacker, yeah. LSU. Uh, I think the fact that he does have great coverage skills is going to help out in the long run when you have Brady, who is famous for his mid-to-short passes, his check downs, mm-hmm. to be able to have a linebacker who can get sideline to sideline, um, who can really cover yeah. – um, is going to be very helpful here. Um, yeah. He's speedy. He can cover. Uh, he does everything they're going to need him to do. Because, um, I, I don't know, Tom Brady may surprise us. He may come out swinging and be able to, like, throw it deep downfield again. Um, but I just know a lot of what Brady would do is he loved those slants, those mid-ranges, um, right in the linebacker territory. And so being able to have a linebacker who can cover – um, who's young and who can hopefully eventually command that defense, um, will be nice. I don't know if he starts immediately. They do. I mean, Kiko Alonso is good. Um, <clears throat> it's just, with his help, I think he could beat him out. He could also have that veteran presence around him. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think Patrick Queen fits here. I think any of those two linebackers fit here. But, in this case, we're going to go with the cover guy who can help them neutralize Tom Brady. Uh Patrick Queen linebacker New Orleans Saints. There we go. That's, yeah,
1: that that no, that's I mean that's a really good pick. Again, like you just said, um, I think either one of these two core these two linebackers could go to either team. Um but I, I think based off of the divisions, um I think Patrick Queen to the New Orleans Saints makes a little bit more sense than Kenneth Murray. Um mainly because Patrick Queen is better in coverage. He's from that that group of uh, LSU linebackers who have, over the past what three four years, have really started to make a mark in the NFL. Um, You look at Deion Jones, um, Duke Riley, who you know he didn't he wasn't as productive as we hoped he was going to be for the Falcons. Um, But even last year, Devin White, who was picked what number five or six by the Buccaneers. and so Patrick Queen, again, you know, this is his first year as a main starter, but you got to think he sat behind Devin White and Duke Riley and some of those other guys from LSU. Um, and LSU linebackers are really good at covering it. And just like you said, I believe, um, with Tom Brady and, and, um, Matt Ryan and even Teddy Bridgewater, um, they're going to have to have a linebacker who can either cover running backs coming out of the backfield, um, you're talking about Todd Gurley, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know the Buccaneers; they like to be able to get the ball in, in the flats as well. Brady loves throwing the ball to his running backs, um, so you're going to need somebody like Patrick Queen who can cover those running backs. But then also your tight ends. Um, you know they're going to need a they're going to need a linebacker who can jam the, the tight end and maybe even run with them too. Um, so I think Patrick Queen here makes a lot of sense. Like you said, he's a good cover linebacker, but he's also pretty quick as well. Um, again, he runs a four or five. So um, I think I think Patrick Queen here, and I'm not just saying this because I took Kenneth Murray to the Patriots. I think Patrick Queen makes a little bit more sense to the um, to the Saints than he would have with the with the Patriots. So yeah, um, good pick. And, and I mean, like you said, the Saints are ready to go. They just really do need a. Need a linebacker. Um so, you know, this this kinda allows them to uh to be good to go. And I think Patrick Queen, um, coming from LSU, uh, you know, New Orleans is obviously right down the road from, from Baton Rouge. So he kinda gets to stay home. Um, so that's gonna kinda help him out. So yeah, I think Patrick Queen's gonna be good to go for the New Orleans Saints um here at pick number twenty four. All right. Good pick, man. Concerning <laughs> concerning you didn't have too many other options, that was a good pick. This, yeah, there's not many top-tier linebackers, and that was their big <laughs> need.
0: <laughs> right. All right, Minnesota's second pick of the first round, pick 25, Dynacis. Who are they taking?
1: All right, so pick number 25 with the Minnesota Vikings. Like you talked about, they needed a wide receiver and a cornerback. They took care of the wide receiver at pick number 22, Um, To be honest with you, we actually drafted most of the cornerbacks before this. Um, There's a couple of corners that are there, but I I don't feel comfortable reaching for them. Um, But reaching for me, people that actually know what they're talking about may say that they're not reaching. But um, (laughs) alongside a linebacker and cornerback, they could also use people on the defensive line Um, We don't know what's going to happen with Everson Griffin. I think he's going to end up leaving the Vikings. So I think that with this pick, the Vikings take care of that, and they go to um, a guy who has three years' worth of experience coming out of the Big Ten. Um, At pick number 25, the Minnesota Vikings select Gross Matos out of Penn State. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I just butchered his name. Um but that's okay. Here's the thing I'll I haven't taken him yet and... so I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um I was going between him and um AJ Espinesa Espinesa or something like that. Um, but I, I'm I'm really not as impressed with uh that AJ Vanessa guy um as I was before. I know a lot of mock drafts had the Falcons drafted him and I really hope that they don't draft him. Um he he didn't do well at the combine, which obviously isn't everything, but um you know like he ran a five a five one or a five flat forty, which we we need we we need people that are fast. Um Yotora Gross mothers didn't run at the uh, at the combine. But he's a three-year player. He, he started 25 times. And something that stuck out is over the past two years, he's had 17 and a half sacks and 34 and a half sack tackles for a loss. So, um, playing in a division with, um, Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford, um, and either Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles, you're going to have to be able to get pressure on the, on the quarterback, especially Um, if you are talking about Aaron Rodgers. And as you look at those offensive lines, there's really none of those offensive lines out of the Packers, Lions, and Bears that stick out to me as being good. So if the Vikings are able to kind of keep the defensive line intact, that's going to kind of allow them to continue to dominate um, the offensive lines the way that they did last year. With this guy, you get a guy who has experience, um, you get a guy who's productive. You get a guy who's six five, two hundred and sixty six pounds. Obviously, he's a lot younger than Everson Griffin. Um, so, and he can play left end as well, which I think Everson Griffin played. So, I think your tour Gross Montos just allows the Vikings to be able to do a lot of um, different things and get pressure um, on the quarterback. And and they can get they have a good many draft picks, so they can get a corner later on. Um, in the draft, but they also have a couple of boys out of Texas in, uh, Halton Hill and, and Chris Boyd. And I think my boys are going to be able to, uh, to hold the fort down at cornerback. So that's, uh, that's my reasoning for the pick here. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I like it. It's, uh, I was going to take him later on because I thought he'd be there later on for one of my picks. Um, I think he's athletic. I think he can move around. I think he's going to be a good edge rusher. Uh, I didn't think about him for Minnesota for the fact that they're going to be losing Everson Griffin, that they're going to probably like to replenish that. Um, yeah. So they don't take a step back. Um, Loki didn't ta- thought about taking him earlier and was like, no, I'm not going to mess up that name. I'm going to let somebody else mess it up. <laughs> and then I saw that, uh, <laughs> I saw later on down my list where I thought an edge rusher may would be, Needed and I was like, well, I guess the time's about to come. But you took it instead. Um, but yeah, no, he's. I think he's going to be a solid add to Minnesota. Um, I think they're in need of an edge rush. If they do indeed let Everson Griffin definitely walk, um, I think a lot of this draft is where Minnesota's trying to uh, replace pieces. They let walk or they traded away, so they don't yeah. you know, kind of lose that edge. Um, so I think that's a solid pick. Solid pick for Minnesota. Um, wow. Hey, twenty six Miami dolphins we're not going to mess this up here's here's <laughs> the thing about miami i I have one person on the mind, had them on the minds uh really earlier their their defense is eyed defense is, is, is eyed enough that i'm leaving the defense alone. We are fixing there in this first round going to one hundred percent overhaul that offense um we, I mean, we could say they probably need some tackles, they probably need a center, but, you know, we're looking for weapons. They were weaponless oh, yeah. last year. Um, you took Jerry Judy, so to put him with Devontae Parker and Alan Hearns, I drafted Jordan Love to give them the quarterback in the future, yeah. and we're going to round out that, that weapons threat, and we are going to address their need at running back. Um, yes, I know. I know that they signed Jordan Howard. I know that Jordan Howard was really good, like, two or three years ago. I feel like this is the same case where um, God, there's so many running backs that are, like, blow up for one year and then don't do anything yeah. else. I'm afraid that this is a David Johnson scenario, or this is a, um, a J.H.I scenario where they like have this excellent one year and they don't do anything after that. And yes, I think Jordan Howard could potentially resurrect his career, but I think they really need a running back here. Um, I think it's really down to two running backs. I think there's yeah. two elite running backs, two and a half elite running backs in this draft. Uh, I say half because depending on where you stand with Jonathan Taylor, I don't know if I consider him as elite as I consider the other two. Um, But for the 26th pick, the other two being obviously the one I'm going to take and J.K. Dobbins, um, which means for the 26th pick of the NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins select DeAndre Swift, running back, University of Georgia. And here's why they choose DeAndre Swift over J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor. I have gone through several um, top 100, top 150, mock drafts, whatever. And, and those three, not really three, J.K. Dobbins has really fallen off, but between, uh, I guess, according to analysts. But Swift and Jonathan Taylor have almost been interchangeable. They go back and forth with which one is better. They go back and forth with which one is going to have more star presence. And here is where I decided that it's definitely DeAndre Swift who's going to get the first round nod to the Miami Dolphins, is as much as I am not a UGA fan when it comes down to college, he comes out of the University of Georgia. There's a few running backs who over the past, I don't know, what's it been, five years that have come from the University of Georgia by the names of Todd Gurley, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, who else? I know I'm missing another one. Um, we'll stop there. But those three, so they have, they have recently produced stable horses, um, worth of running backs. And DeAndre Swift is no different. He's coming off back to back 1,000 yard seasons. He's played in 40 something games. He started 17, which means even during the seasons that Chubb and Michelle were there, he was getting touches. Which you have to be, you know, pretty good to get some touches when you have Chubb and Sony Michelle also there. Um, He has great lateral movement. He's quick. Um, He is explosive. I don't even know what other adjectives I should use to describe uh, uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, but he's going to get the job done. He ran a 4.48, which is not blazing speed, but he's 212 pounds. He's 5'8". Uh, 5'8", 212, you know, 5'8", in my opinion, is pretty short. Donatis May would say otherwise. But he's, he's 212 pounds, and you put that on a 5'8 body. He, he's, he probably has some power behind him, um, yeah. but he's quick and he's just going to help make that offense explode. Imagining if Jordan Love does become the guy that, you know, they probably hoped he would become, putting Jerry Judy out there on the wings, having a running back that would cause them to have to respect the run to open up Jerry Judy, and then you've got to respect the pass, and you can hand it off to DeAndre Swift. Um, this guy can catch it out of the backfield, which is going to be an element where um, that – You know the Patriots have been big on is running backs who can catch the ball. So to have a guy that can put up a thousand yard season, can come out the backfield and catch, um, just all around explosive player. Miami Dolphins DeAndre Swift, number twenty six pick of the draft. As I could tell, I think you wanted to draft him, but yeah i' on this draft pick
1: <laughs> yeah i was i was gonna i i well I don't know that I was definitely going to, but I was considering taking him with the next pick, um the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. which um i mean and I don't know, you can make a case either way whether they need a running back or not um Chris Carson's injured. anyways, we're not talking about the seahawks <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i mean you know that it, it's really hard to argue with that pick. Um, I think I I mean I, I agree with your your reasoning as far as like the Dolphins need to get as many weapons as they can get. Um that offense last year was lacking. Um obviously they did they release Kenyon Drake or did they trade him? I don't remember. I I feel like they just released him. Um or them I don't know I don't anyway, but you know, th- they they lost Kenyon Drake. Um, who ended up being productive with the Cardinals, which makes you wonder, you know, like what was going on in Miami. Why wasn't he productive there? Um, they have Devontae Parker who's been uh up and down, uh mediocre. They had a guy Preston um Preston something that kind of burst onto the scenes last year, um, who who is going to be a pretty good wide receiver. So yeah, I mean they they need they need weapons and so um, you know, uh, to me I think I would I would take Jonathan Taylor over JK Dobbins. Um and I would almost take Jonathan Taylor over DeAndre Swift. I don't think that you can really go wrong either way. The only reason I think it just depends on what you're looking for. Um Jonathan Taylor ran a four three, DeAndre Swift ran a four four eight. Um Jonathan Taylor is five ten, two hundred and twenty six pounds. Uh DeAndre Swift is five eight, two hundred and and twelve pounds. Um, you know, Taylor is more of a uh, a power back, whereas Swift is more um, – he can run between the tackles. But the thing, like you talked about, that really has separated DeAndre Swift, and the reason I think he's the high, highest-rated running back in, in this year's draft, um, is his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, to me, I think he's one of the best running backs we've had in the past few drafts that, that catch the ball really well out of the, out of the backfield. To um, me, he's similar. He's he's obviously not a Christian McCaffrey, but as far as like the versatility that Christian McCaffrey get, brings to your team, being able to catch the ball out of the backfield and to run the ball um, between the tackles, I think DeAndre Swift is like that as well. Um, like you talked about, DeAndre Swift burst onto the scene three years ago um, when Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb were there and. And Swift, one of the things that stuck out to me the very first time I I saw Swift play was just how, um, you know, no pun intended with his last name, but how swift he was. (laughs) Um, he's got, he's got some of the quickest feet I think I've personally seen, um, at the college level. Um, the cuts that he makes in the hole, um, are very similar to like Todd Gurley. Um, and some of those other other running backs who are who are really good at making that jump cut in the hole and getting down downfield. Um and that was something that Swift was Swift was doing his freshman year. Um and then he just he just had I'm surprised that he ran a four four eight because I think DeAndre Swift's got what, what I call football speed. Um is when he puts those pads on, he puts people in the dirt man. So he may not have track speed um, as far as, you know, he's not going to run a 4-3, but when he, when he puts those pads on, he's got football speed. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's DeAndre Swift in the open field with nobody even close to him. Um, so I think, you know, like the Dolphins need all the help that they can get. So getting somebody like DeAndre Swift, um, giving them another option, another playmaker to dump the ball off to in the backfield through the, through the passing game. Um, but also somebody who can pound the ball through the tackles, um, I think is going to allow them to do a lot of, a lot of things and, and it gives you a really great young core. Um, looking at our draft, it gives them Jordan Love, Jerry Judy and DeAndre Swift being able to grow together. Um, which I think, you know, if they all stay healthy, um, in two to three years, you could talk about that being one of the top trios in the NFL. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great pick on your side. Um, but, yeah, I don't I mean I I don't have too much to complain about there. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, you know
0: <laughs> All right. what twenty seventh pick.
1: Seattle Seahawks. With the twenty seventh pick, the Seattle Seahawks are were going to draft um DeAndre Swift, but the Dolphins took him in front of us. So we're going to pick somebody. I, I, right here we're just going to go with best available prospect. Um, the Seahawks need, need help um, at running back, at defensive line, at corner, um, really at, at at secondary in general. Um, they've got a pretty good linebacking core, obviously, with Bobby Wagner, who I think is the best linebacker in the NFL, and then K.J. Wright, who's been a really solid starter for the past how many other years he's been in the league. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the Jadavion Clowney. The Seahawks don't have a lot of cap space, so they've really got to hit it big in the draft. Um, I think you could always look at wide receiver for the Seahawks. I think you could always look at running back. They need offensive line help, but there's not too many offensive um, line, linemen that I would pick here. So, um I think you've got to go best available player. So with the 27th pick, the uh, Seattle Seahawks are going Grant Delpit safety out of LSU. Ooh. Um, Delpit has, Delpit's draft stock has dropped a lot. Um, last year, uh, Delpit was being talked about by a lot of people as being a potential top five draft pick. Um, he had a tough year this year. Um he didn't perform as well as, as people thought he was going to. He missed a lot of tackles. Um, like something that stuck out to me was was watching him play in the Texas game. Grant Delphi last year would have completely dominated Texas, um, both in the run game and the pass game. And um we were just kind of able to, to do a lot more with him than I thought we were gonna be able to. Um, he started thirty seven games at L S U. Um he, he's a really good, he's really good at covering, um, but he, he's also good to where you can move him up into the box and he can play. Um, you know, he can kind of give you some more run support. Um, he had 199 tackles over the past three years, which is, um, which is pretty insane to play at the safety, um, to have at the safety level. Um, but he's also a playmaker. So, um, you know, he, he, in years past, he was he was going to be able to make a big play for your team when you needed it. Um, so I think the uh the Seattle Seahawks they need they need a playmaker on defense. Um, they've got Quande Diggs. They've got um, one of the uh, Griffin brothers, um, Shaquille. I think it's Shaquille Griffin that plays a corner. Um, and so I think Grant Duff is going to st- step in and take Bradley McDougall's spot. Um, and just kind of give them somebody like uh like an Earl Thomas or a Cam Chancellor, probably more Earl Thomas than Cam Chancellor. Um and the Seahawks again when they were at their best it was because they had really good safeties um, in both Cam Cancellor and uh and Earl Thomas. So Grand Delph is gonna step in, replace Earl Thomas and uh and kinda give them the playmaker that they need at the safety level. What do you think? I really like
0: that pick. Um He's Thank one, he's one that I'm, I'm, I don't know if I want, you know, Seattle to have him, but he, he is one, um, that I'm kind of not for him, but I'm very encouraged that his stock is dropping because I've seen as of late that the Browns are predicted to potentially take him in the second round, which I would very much love, um, yeah. because I think he is, um, He's going to be like I I think the a steal of the draft from him dropping. Um, yeah. Whereas I think last year like um, Greedy Williams was a huge steal for us because he dropped because of these concerns. I don't know what it is, but these LSU DBs where they keep dropping because people are concerned about them. Um, but I think Grant and Delpit's one that will fall. Whether he goes to Browns, wherever you go, someone on the back end of the draft or on the or on uh, day two is going to be very happy to have him fall into their laps. Um,
1: yeah,
0: you know he's six two two thirteen. Anytime you get a tall DV like that, it's good. Um, you know Sherman helped helped us out with being able to see that tall DBs are good DBs. Um, having eight picks and seven sacks in his time at LSU. Um, I, I saw that the biggest concern with him, besides the fact that he battled some injuries, is that they say he's a um, uh, missed a lot of tackles, an inconsistent tackler, um, mm-hmm. which you normally see at the cornerback position, not necessarily at the safety position, because safeties are known to be uh, people that are going to come down and hit you. Um, yeah. But once again, I mean, I said this earlier in the draft um, with a guy with the with the talent of Belichick. I kind of overlook that, mainly because I've seen DBs come out um, who they say can't tackle, and then they're like DBs in the NFL. Um, and once yeah. again, you do your job. You, you do your job and cover. You're not going to have to tackle all too much. Um, uh, and and at, at safety, having eight picks at safety is huge. The fact that you're having seven sacks at, at, um, at safety is huge. I think this is going to be a guy that's going to wreak havoc um, in the safety position, and I would hate to see um, Seattle get him because they can kind of try and reform reform a legion of boom. Um, but, once again, I think this is a great pick. I'll see this is our first safety off the board. Um, all right. Solid pick, though. Solid pick. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Why do you think all these LSU DBs keep falling? Because it happened to Greedy. We know why it happened to Tyree Matthews, because he got arrested. But Yeah,
1: I'm not sure. I don't know Uh, what it is. I don't know, because it was the same thing like you're talking about. You make a good point with Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams, the year before last year when he was drafted, um, was also being talked about. I don't know that he wasn't as high as number 10, but I feel like he was a top 15 prospect, top 20 at the – at the least, and then I don't know, He just didn't have a good past year. Um, and you know, obviously the, the, uh, Browns were able to steal him in the second round, which again, you know, was great for you. And if you can get delta in the second round, I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, but I'm, I'm not really sure why they continue to drop. Um, it seems like they, they decide to stay an extra year and that extra year they think is going to help them, but it ends up hurting them. So I, I don't know. It's a, that's a good point though.
0: Well, I think see, if he does fall, I mean, there's a few teams up before that can maybe use some safety help. I think this is a perfect range for Grant Delpit based on um, on needs, though, as a personal measure. I kind of hope he falls his day, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. On to pick 28, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so, you know, I hate the Ravens. Um I I don't dislike them as much as I dislike the um um Steelers. The Steelers are trash. But the Ravens. They need one major need in my opinion. quarterback. They need I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> now let's get real. I think they need an edge rusher. So looking yeah. at their at their yeah. roster um they could really use a wide receiver, I think, but I think the wide receiver depth so deep they'll be able to get somebody in the second round. Um you could argue they need a running back. Um you know, Mark Ingram is is obviously still very, very good. Um yeah. but he's getting up there in years and they don't really have a a viable backup, but that's not an immediate need, that's something that you can address. Um down the line. Um, They've done a lot on defense. They've added Derek Wolfe. Last offseason, they added Earl Thomas. In mid-year, they added Marcus Peters. Um, They added Koliath Campbell by trading for him. I think they have two needs, and this is where I've kind of bounced back and forth. They need a middle linebacker. They also need an edge rusher. Um, they're a big rush-heavy team, and I don't think right now they have the elite guy to get it done like they have in the past, where like the Terrell Suggs type guy um, who's going to come off the edge and just wreak havoc on the uh, on the quarterback. I think that's their one missing need, and for that reason, I'm taking the guy that you refuse to take with a 25th pick. Um, with the 28th pick, the Baltimore Ravens are going to take A.J. Epinesa, edge Rusher, out of Iowa. Um, let, let, let me line up a few. Were you going to take them later <laughs> on? No. Did you have them? Probably not. That or is because I was
1: Baltimore Raven fans booing your pick. Uh, oh, you don't like run the
0: run pick. Well, I, I will hear this. I'll hear this from you later on. Um <laughs> Look, while you were hating on A.J. Epinesa, I was like, well, let me, let me make sure that I am fully informed. <laughs> I pulled up an A.J. Epinesa highlight reel and clicked through several of them. This man is 6'5", um, depending on what stat you look at, he's 6'6", 260, some five on one thing, 6'5", 258 yeah. on another. Regardless, that's, that doesn't matter. Who ran um a four five forty this man is huge, and he um, and and he can straight disrupt the line, get to the quarterback and wreak havoc. All I did was watch him just manhandle uh grown men in a – I mean i you could argue that his conference his conference is uh in the big ten. They play some big boys, like when they play Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got a bunch of big boys, and he's up there just tossing people around. Um, I do agree that he's a boom bust player, that there's a chance that, you know, he's not that great. But I think his upside, almost like when the Saints took Davenport from, uh, I don't even remember what school he came from, some squad, I, I, I was like a first round pick from, I'm gonna say Utah, but wasn't Utah? I don't think it was UTEP. <laughs> um, so I was like, from there, really? But yeah. AJ and Vanessa has all the intangibles that we need. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong person for Speedwise. He's not that fast. Hold on. Let me, yeah. let me back up. Let me back <laughs> up. Like, let uh, me back up. I'm
1: seeing that he ran a 5. A five. Hey, 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 morning.
0: hey. Scratching <laughs> from the record. I was looking one ahead of my notes. Um, he was still six five. Two 275, ran a 540. Um, he, 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 he locked down in his first year as a starter, 58 quarterback pressures and 26 and a half sacks. These are enough statistics for me in his one, I guess one year as a starter that this man can disrupt a, uh, a line and he will get it done in Baltimore because he's going to have the guys around him uh, to even If he struggles in year one, it's not like it's going to be too glaring of an eyesore. They have so many defensive weapons that he can really catch his footing and become something dangerous because we don't necessarily need him to be that freak immediately. Um, Please, listeners, excuse my bad information that I was giving before because I was looking at the wrong note. But A.J. Epinesa is going to be a monster for the Baltimore Ravens. Except for when they play the Cleveland Browns. Donatus, try and hate my pick.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't hate it as much as I guess I I let on. Um, the biggest thing that stuck out to me is him running that five, um, 5.0440. And I just think in the NFL today, you've just got to, you've got to have speed. Um, now what, what's going to play to his, um, his, his, ironically enough, his strength. Is going to be his strength. Um, if he's able to kind of bull rush um, offensive linemen, um, then you know, playing at tackle. Then if if he's able to if he's able to bull rush your tackle and, and has quick enough hands to get to your quarterback, then I think that he can he can make up for the speed. But what I'm what I would be concerned about is if he doesn't have a quick first step. Um, you're giving some of these, these offensive tackles who are equally as big, um, some of them even a little bit bigger. You're giving them a chance to get their hands on you. And if you can't win with your hands, it's going to be hard for you to, to make any pressure, um, on the cornerback, quarterback. Obviously, uh, you know, that 26 and a half sack, that number jumps out at you. So you kind of wonder, um, I guess you, He's, to me, he's just a prospect that, that's going to need work. Um, you wonder, you know, he was a three year player, like you said, but he wasn't a three year starter. What was the reason that he didn't start all three years? Were there, you know, who was playing ahead of him that was better than him? Um, and then that 26 and a half sack number, is that, is that going to be, you know, is he going to be a guy in the NFL who's able to average 15 plus sacks a, a year or is he going to be a guy in the NFL who's is going to get, you know, five or six sacks a year. So I think, you know, there's a, there's a big difference between five sacks and, um, 16 sacks or 15 sacks. Um, if you can just look at Vic Beasley, his first, his first year playing under Dan Quinn. Um, you know, that one year that, that Beasley did really good. He had 16 and a half sacks. Well, the rest of the years that he played, he didn't, he didn't have that many sacks. And obviously, you know, was it worth us investing in this pass off season? So we just let him walk. Um, and I'm worried you're probably going to fall into the same thing with AJ Epinesa. So um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know who the, who the tackles are for the, for the Steelers um or the, the Bengals or, or even the Browns. But I I would think if those tackles are like Jack Conklin, um, I don't know if um if if Jack Conklin and uh and AJ Epinesa would end up, you know, facing off on the same side. But obviously you like Conklin a lot better than Epinesa, and not just because of experience, but because Conklin's got a quick first step that allows him to be able to get his hands um his hands on a lot of defenders. And so, you know, you're you're thinking about as the Baltimore Ravens, you're expecting um, somebody like AJ Vanessa, who does not have a quick first step and is not quick enough to make up for it. You're expecting him to get pressure on Baker Mayfield, having to go against somebody like Jack Conklin, who's already going to be able to get his hands on him and, and really kind of be able to do whatever he wants with him. So, um, those are, I guess, those are all my concerns that I have for AJ Vanessa To me, he's just not really worth the risk. But then again, if he's a top, you know, 30 prospect and you're getting him around this. Um, you know, maybe you end up getting a you end up getting a still here at number twenty eight. So I just think there's a wide range. Um I've seen him going to number sixteen at the Falcons. I think he could also end up dropping it to that second round. So uh I guess we'll just kinda see what ends up happening with him. So what we just
0: heard was all pro AJ Evanessa <laughs>
1: You didn't hear a single word I said. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that all makes sense. Uh,
0: (laughs) John just makes really good points. I just want to discredit the good points off of my draft pick. All right. Tennessee Titans, number 29. Who are they taking?
1: All right. The Tennessee Titans with pick number 29 are taking Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. Um, the tight the thing that I, the reason I like this pick um, is Xavier McKinney's a three-year starter. Um, but the thing that I think sticks out the most about McKinney, um, and I think like he would fit in beautifully with Mike Vrabel, is um, Xavier McKinney is a versatile um, safety. He can play safety, but he can also play the slot um, slot cornerback. Which is exactly what the, what the tight ends need is they need somebody who they could move to play, um, at, at slot corner, but they also, but it could also play at safety. I think Xavier McKinney at six foot, two hundred two hundred and one pounds, um, he ran a four six, which is pretty, pretty quick for, for safety. Um, I think this is going to allow them to be able to move him around, um, and do some things that that the Titans, uh, Mike Rabel, Bill Belichick, some stuff that they really like to be able to do with their players as far as moving them around. I think Xavier McKinney is going to allow you to be able to do those things. Um, Obviously, he was a three-year player at Alabama. He made 38 starts. um, So that alone in in and of itself speaks out to the fact that he played, um, you know, he was a three-year starter for Nick Saban. Nick Saban obviously comes from the Bill Belichick tree, so um Xavier McKinney I would think would already be somewhat familiar with Mike Vrabel and the system that he runs um and being able to move him around. So um I think that he gives him a playmaker. He had six sacks um and, and five interceptions as well. So um his versatility I guess is something that sticks out to me, which is why I think he's a good pick for the uh for the Titans here at pick number twenty nine.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Um, The Titans, you know, I I think you can go several different ways here. Uh, They're they're not necessarily, I think, in my opinion, incredibly weak anywhere. They could probably use a a, a tackle to say, like, Conklin go. Um, But I do think that adding um, this safety, um, who I think would actually be a really good safety in a Belichick type system, um, I don't know if, if if uh, Vrabel runs like to the T, what what Belichick likes, but right. I think Vrabel and his staff um, are going to be able to do lots of things with uh, with Xavier McKinney. Um, he is a he's, he's a fantastic safety. He's going to get all around the field. Uh, he's going to wreck it up, and I think he's going to be a part of Tennessee's team if he's taken here to help take them to the next level um, to where they can continue what they left off last season. Um, Solid pick. Thank you. Let's see. Thank you. <laughs> All right. With the thirtieth pick. Green Bay. This is going to be one of those short um analyzations <laughs> because I've I've tossed around several things that I think that they need. Um, I have they could really use a receiver. Um they picked up Funches, Valdez, Scantling. I, I, you know, I think he was on and off hurt last year. Um, Devontae Adams was hurt a lot last year. They also need a, a tight end because right now they're rocking Mercedes Lewis, who I didn't know he was still in the league. I
1: was he be out of the league by now? Yeah,
0: he's, <laughs> I remember when he was like, Good in
1: yeah
0: um in Jacksonville, what feels like fifteen years ago, but that's who their their tight end is right now, but this isn't really a tight end deep draft um I think they can probably get a steal later on. I'm going to go with their protection of um, of uh i' was gonna say aaron murray <laughs> of aaron rodgers um <laughs> they they could really. <laughs> They could really use some, some offensive line play here. Um, and for that reason I'm going to I'm going with where did it go? There it goes. Joshua Jones tackle Houston. Um, yeah, I I though the tackle sorry, I'm trying to type in speak. Though there are several elite tackles in this draft, I think they really begin to run short. I think it's a, a ta- it is a tackle heavy draft to an extent. Um, all the major ones we've already taken, and then there's like the second level, and I think that the Packers would like to jump on that train um, before they're left with none of the tackles. Um, they're trying to get better protection on Aaron Rodgers, make him a little more comfortable back in the pocket. Also, somebody that can help um, help with the athleticism-wise. Um, from what I've read about Joshua Jones, he's a fairly athletic blocker, um, and he's going to be able to fit in a system that Matt LaFleur runs better. I know that system has those linemen moving. and involves the linemen to actually be a little more athletic. Uh, there's a lot of zone-based technique in the run game, making sure that you get to certain points. Um, and having a quick offensive tackle to be able to accomplish that, to get Aaron Jones going and to allow um, them to get a lot of pl- uh, play action in there to protect Aaron Rodgers to get it down the field. Maybe that will help out with getting those wide receivers going and resurrecting um, Mercedes Lewis's 27-year career. Um, but for that, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers are going the non-flashy route and trying to get some line to help out with Matt LaFleur's system.
1: Donatus <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, um, you know, obviously since it since you are going to go with uh Mercedes Lewis at uh at tight end who's been in the league, like you said, for twenty seven years and this is not a deep uh tight end draft. Um I mean you know, Devontae Adams I think is good um as, as a wide receiver. Um uh, Marcus Alis Scantling is good too. Um I did not know that they picked up Devin Funches, but I, I, I guess I think he can survive at wide receiver. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously is not getting any older or any younger. He is getting older. He's, like, he's no, definitely he's getting older. Seven. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely getting older. Um, and so I think it's smart, like you said, to take, uh, a lineman here to kind of keep him, um, protected as much as possible. Um, Josh Jones. Started 45 games at Houston, um, which, if I'm not mistaken, is probably he was a four-year starter and he started probably every single game. Um, so the fact that it sounds like he didn't have any problems being uh, with injuries and that he was good enough to start um, for four years at Houston um, means that you're getting somebody with experience that that is good at what they do. So yeah, I think Josh Jones to uh, to pa- the Packers makes sense and. And allows him to be able to, um to protect Aaron Rodgers a little bit better as well. So that's a good pick. That's a really good pick for the, for the Packers. All right. And
0: I donned the stamp of approval again. <laughs> back yeah. on his good side after that Baltimore pick.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you want you me back over. All right. This is your uh, final pick. My final pick. The uh, The losing
0: uh, San Francisco 49ers. Who are they taking?
1: (laughs) The uh, San Francisco 49ers led by Kyle the Bus Shanahan. Um, They are going to select a wide receiver um, because Mm -hmm. we needed a wide receiver and defensive tackle. But Derek Brown was available at pick number 13, and we just could not afford to pass him up. So, we're still really excited with our pick of Derrick Brown at number 13. So we're not – there's not as much much pressure on us to get this one right. Um, so this will make the sixth wide receiver that Aaron and I have picked in our draft. And a couple of different options that that I was choosing between. One of these wide receivers um, has a similar build to Devo Samuel, so I'm going the opposite route. With the 31st pick, the uh, San Francisco 49ers are taking Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor. Um, I was deciding between him and Brandon Ayuk out of, uh, Arizona State. Um, but again, Ayuk has a similar build and playing style to Devo Samuel. Um, he can return kicks. He can return punts. Um, He's a quick, shifty wide receiver. I think he's only like five ten or something like that. Um, and I think that you know Kyle Shanahan would be able to do a lot with him. But I think the Forty ers need a big, um, tall target on the outside. Denzel Mims is six three. Um, he runs a four three eight. Um, he did a really, he had a really good senior bowl and then a really good combine, which really helped his draft stock um, skyrocket. Which doesn't make it seem like it's as much of a reach here in the late rounds of the first round or late picks of the first round. Um, he played a Baylor, which is a pass happy offense. So obviously he's used to throw, he's used to, to playing in an, an offense that, that likes to throw the ball. Um, he, a stat that stuck out to me was he, he led the league, the NCAA with, um, 20 const- contested catches in 2019 so that gives you somebody alongside george kittle who can go up and make those tough catches and obviously being at six three um he's already got the height advantage um at 207 pounds you'd like to see him put on probably about another 10 maybe even 20 pounds of muscle um so that he's able to kind of move some of those corners around and that he's able to withstand the hits. um but I, I think you just, you need, you need somebody who's going to be able to make those tough catches. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously is not the most accurate. Um, you know, that, that pass that he missed, um- uh, Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl, which would have just about sealed the game for them. Um you need a wide receiver that can kind of bail you out a little bit. And so uh, I think Denzel Mintz at 6-3, um, and having experience playing, um or with the twenty contested catches, I think he kind of gives you um, the option to be able to build Jimmy Garoppolo out. So that's my take for my last one. Um, what are your thoughts?
0: I like that take. Um, with with them losing uh, Emmanuel Sanders in the off season, um, they really need a wide receiver. Uh, we we you know you addressed you're the one who drafted for him before yeah uh, you addressed the defensive need and now you're addressing the offensive need um, they need somebody to go along with Debo D- Samuel's who ended up being a a fantastic draft pick um, I think taking a taller guy like Denzel Mims gives you that that equal balance of your Small, speedy receiver and your big receiver. I think one of the big differences between Denzel Mims and your typical big receiver is um, that he ran a 4:38.40. A he's very quick yeah. to get down the field. Um, uh, here it says he's a, he won he won in high school the 200 meter championship and uh, state championship, which means you know he's a fairly fast guy. One thing that I saw that I really liked though. Is and based on some of how some tight ends have gone, as he grew up playing basketball as well, um, like you said, he can go up, he can get the ball with that six-three frame, um, and he almost eclipsed three thousand receiving yards in college, which is absolutely absurd. Um, I, I think when you pair him up with with Debo, I, I feel like you know I'm going to go out there, I'm going to say this guy's going to end up being better than Emmanuel Sanders. Um, in the long run, hopefully uh that between both of them, you get your nice balance it 's all going to depend though you know which um, Garoppolo shows up to the ball game um, yeah. but I think between their run game and then giving them um the passing combination of being able to throw it to either uh Samuel mims or oh I just went blank they 're tight end. Um Kittle.
1: Kittle. That's
0: that's going to kind of open it up for San Fran. Um I think Emmanuel Sanders has been on the decline for the past few years. Um and I think we saw a little bit of that last year. Did did he get hurt at some point last year? I feel like he did. Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, he was yeah, he was hurt a good bit last year. So therefore that kind of fills a void that you had anyway. Um good pick. Good pick. I think I think that's good pick for San Fran. They don't have many weaknesses uh one would probably be wide receiver. I think solid pick. Alright, we have hit the end, our final pick of the NFL draft NFL draft of our first round of the NFL draft, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um I went back and forth on two parts for the Kansas City Chiefs. I went between running back and cornerback. Um my main reason for running back is, I mean, I am not a big fan of Damian Williams. Um, he really turned it on as of late, but it felt like the run game was really missing this season until the end of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they tore it up with Kareem Hunt, and the Hunt issues happened, and then the run game just wasn't there till the end. And then I also thought about cornerback. I feel like that's still a need for them, is that cornerback? Um, to help strengthen that that defensive back area, and I ended up deciding <sighs> I did decide that
1: <laughs> give me a second, let me think this over so... mm...
0: nope, I'm changing it up. Uh... We are going with. At running back, we're going to, oh, do I want to go with that? I'm sorry, I thought I had decided this and then, like, <laughs> now I have to actually make it official. And do I want to go with this? Or do I not want to go with this? Um, it's the last one of the draft. Um Yeah. All that's right, here's how we're going to do this. One out. I mean, do I really though? They won the Super Bowl. They don't need to knock it out. I can, I can,
1: <laughs> I can crazy. go out and
0: pick a new kicker for them if I want to. All right, I'm going with cornerback. We're going uh, AJ. I want to say it's Terrell, cornerback from Clemson. Yeah. Um Yeah. I, I think they could use some some good cornerback help. Um, I really, really, really wanted to go running back here, but I don't know if that would I don't know. I, I think they can't lose here going in one of those two spots. Uh, I do think they need to address the fact that all they have is Damien Williams and that um, he wasn't there the entire season. Um, but I think they're going to lock up his cornerback help. they got a 6 6'1", 195-pound cornerback, runs a four-four-two forty. Um He did get, you know, what they're going to show in the highlights when he does get drafted. <laughs> they're going to show the good and the bad. They're going to show him getting burned by uh, – by Jamar Chase a few times, but that was not the extent of his career at Clemson. He made 30 starts at Clemson in his three years. He's been there through, like he started on not just a team. He started on great Clemson teams for 30 games. Um, He has six interceptions, uh, 20 pass breakups. Uh, He's big. He's tall. He's one that, um, I think you can add to a team like Kansas City and there's so much talent around him that there's not that immediate pressure of you had to have got it right or he has to be the impact player right now. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be able to learn from that team. I think it's going to solidify some some defensive help um, as they continue to build up on that. As we know, their defense was trash two years ago. Last year they were much better than trash, and this year – um, I think they can they can lock up that defense. What do you think?
1: Yeah, and that uh, yeah, that that's a good pick. Um, I I I debated taking AJ Terrell um a little bit earlier in our draft, but I because of what you said about that last game, um, that just kind of made me hesitant, which is is really unfair to him, and it's really unfortunate that. Um, you know, when they turn on the film that that's the, that's the <laughs> the game that everybody's going to go to and everybody's going to talk about. Um, but then I mean, you know, you got to think Jamar Chase is probably, he could easily be a top five pick next year. Um, yeah. in next year's draft. Um, I, he's just a, he's a, he's unreal as a wide receiver and he, he would have done that to the majority of corners. He did that to every corner he went against. Um, you know, this year. So. Um, you know, like you said, AJ Carroll fared well against every other receiver that he played. Um obviously a three year starter making thirty starts at Clemson. Um that doesn't that doesn't happen if you're not good. Um, uh, you know, he has he has height, he's six he's six one, um hundred and ninety five pounds. He bench pressed fifteen times, which at at the cornerback level is really good. Um so, you know, he's got the he's got the strength, it sounds like, to be able to jam receivers and then he's got the speed to be able to run with them as well. Um, you bring up a really great point about them having um, pieces in the secondary. Uh, right off the bat, Tyron Matthews um, sticks out to me. Tyron Matthews is going to be able to kind of take um, A.J. Terrell under his wing and kind of show him how to be a good pro, but also be able to bail him out if he does get in trouble. Um, so yeah, I mean AJ Terrell. That's that's a really good pick at um at at, at number thirty-two to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it would be interesting to see the Chiefs take JK Dobbins or Jonathan Taylor, um, just because I think that gives them another weapon. Um, but you know, when your when your offense has Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Hill and and Travis Kelsey. Uh, you don't really have to be that good at corner because even if you get burned all the time, you know that Patrick Mahomes and, and Tyreek Kill and Travis Kelsey are going to score 50 or 60 points a game. So really they're just looking for you to make two or three stops a game. Um, which I think AJ Perry is going to be more than, more than able to do. So, uh, that's a good pick. That's a good, that's a good way to end, to end the draft. So. All right. I did it right. Props to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I like said with Chase
0: though. Uh Clemson was I mean LSU was like a pick your poison team. So like the offense was so electric that they could just call whatever number and it didn't care it didn't matter who was lined up across from you, um it was going to be dangerous. So I like my pick. I'm sticking with it. All right. Yeah. There you have it folks. First round or first round NFL draft. I think we did that in the amount of time it actually takes the draft, so now I see why it takes so long. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Differences, we gave our
0: analyzations. We didn't have Mel Kuyper analyzing every pick for us. But let us know what you think, what you disagree, what you agree with. Um, Next week we'll talk about any potential surprises that we predict might happen in the draft. Um, and just
1: kind of talk and be excited about the draft. Um,
0: anything last you want
1: to say, Donatus? No, thank you guys for listening. I know it was a pretty long few weeks, but it's not like you guys are out doing anything anyway. So uh if you haven't had the chance to catch up on any of our other episodes, feel free to go back and listen to our draft picks the past two weeks and then this week, obviously. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what we got right. Let us know what we got wrong. But uh, other than that, thank you guys for listening.
0: And if you begin to listen to this one, you're like, oh, they picked two weeks ago. We have three weeks of it. So feel free (laughs) to share all of our mock draft picks. And with that, we're out.